yeah, what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to get started here in just a minute, but quick little overview of what we're talking about today. Um, and one quick mention too, I'm uh, on video again, uh, you know, yesterday or not yesterday, sorry, last week, um, you know, I did an experiment where I did a video version of the podcast where it has like me, you know, my, my computer screen and all sorts of stuff just as a test. And it worked out really well and people wanted me to release it. So I released it. I think people dig it. Um, I want to do more video content with the show. I mean, the video quality of my built-in MacBook web camera isn't great, but we've got a lot of great support for the show. So we'll be getting some new equipment for that in short order very soon. So that'll be much better. And then yeah, tons of cool stuff happening. Tons of good upgrades for the show. Um, and yeah, we're also like, we're going to be talking about um, some of the Bitcoin ETF aftermath. Um, some updates from various projects that are very exciting and very promising. Um, updates. Yeah, a lot of updates from projects. I feel like this this new year has, has spurred along with quite a few um, big announcements and updates from like community projects, which is great. We got coupon updates, which is exciting. Um, and... Yeah, Lehman and Mance did their first, uh, you know, first principles episode, which was which was very very interesting. So we're gonna we're gonna check it all out. But uh, yeah, all systems are go. I've done my uh, my pre show stuff. We're all good. It's a new format. New things are going on. Let's get started. Let's go. It's time. It's time. We'll have Solo Cisse stopping by very soon to chat about Davos. We got a lot of other interesting things to talk about. We got some big stories. I'm trying to figure out what I want to talk about first. It's hard. Um, yeah, I mean, huge shout out again. I mentioned it off the top, you know, supporters of the show. It means a lot. Um, the show's improved drastically over the last month. Keeps getting better. Keeps growing. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, it is January 17th and you're listening to episode 109 of Hashgraph Enthusiasts. The community grows more powerful. I put out a post um, along those lines, um, recently got a lot of attention. It was very interesting. I think it's, it's a shared sentiment, you know, um, I think people genuinely feel that way. And this is a weekly news and interview show, always changing, always improving, always growing. Um, we had a quick overview of the news. Um, and yeah, I mean, shout out to everybody listening live on X right now. We're just getting started. Um, and Huge shout out to everyone watching the recording on, you know, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those spots. Um, of course, we have the audio version of the podcast, but like I said, you know, I'm recording this kind of on video now, which is very interesting. If anyone's watching on, I guess on YouTube for now. Hey, everybody might load, might upload those full episodes to X. 
to be honest. I don't know. Still kind of feeling it out, but it's clear people uh, enjoy it. So I figured why not? Um, all the info about the show is available on hashgraph.news, the new website. It's got everything up there, all the previous episodes, all the stuff we're going to talk about today. Um, and yeah, let's get solo up. Let's get some updates on Davos. Let's see what's going on. We got a lot to talk about today, but I'm very interested to kind of get things started. Um, when it comes to Davos solo, let me know if you're having any, um, connectivity issues. I know that in a lot of those spots, if there's a big event or something, everyone will be gobbling up all the signal. They'll be taking all the Wi-Fi. So just let me know. Um, let me load up a couple things on Davos real quick. This is another thing too. I got one thing that's cool about the video version of the show is I can pull up a bunch of the different things I want to talk about and I can pump in audio with this new um, console that I've got. It's very cool. Very good. Um, and yeah, if, if everyone's been keeping up, you know, Hedera's at Davos, 2024, um, last year at Davos, Hedera HBAR saw quite a bit of attention and, you know, there's a little bit of a pump. I think that's why a lot of people are excited about Davos. They're excited about, um, what could come of this from a price action standpoint. You know, it's very, very interesting to kind of think about what could be happening. And, this year, it definitely feels like things are elevated a little bit, like these dinners that Hedera is having, um, the content they're doing, uh, and the people that are kind of in the room, especially some of the posts that we saw come out today and yesterday, really kind of set it in. Um, and I know there's, you know, there's mixed opinions about, you know, the World Economic Forum and Davos and different things like that, but I think that for many reasons, you know, I think that the Hedera community is, um, you know, they, they appreciate what Davos does for Hedera and it's good to have a seat at the table. You know what I mean? Um, and when we look at web three, we look at, you know, uh, you know, finance, we look at all those different types of things. I think that the crowd Hedera is targeting is the CIOs, the CFOs, um, all those kind of people that control the money at these organizations. Uh, which I think is important and a good crowd um, kind of to go after. So um, as we get solo up here, it'll be very interesting to kind of see what that looks like. But off the top, um, I mean, let's check this out. The, the big, the big news today from Davos that I think I'm, I'm going to be looking forward to is um, Max Walker Williams is currently or has just interviewed um, Brad Garlinghouse, CEO of Ripple, um, and, and Lehman Baird. And it, and you know, when we, when we kind of check this out, it's like, this is an interview, um, that I'm really looking forward to. Um, and I think that will be very interesting because there's definitely been a lot of, um, alignment between those two communities. I think that, you know, Ripple and Hedera are kind of, um, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, they're the, the adults in the room. Well, it's like, well, hey, here's two of the adults together. 
sitting here and having a conversation about something. I wonder if there's if there's audio in this clip. Let's just see. Talk about how we can collaborate with the things you were talking about for scam identification and dealing with it. I think that we can work together in a lot of ways as an industry. Well, there you go. And also, too, it was it was interesting. Like um, even with the DREC stuff, with the you know proposed um, partnership with Swirls and the Algorand Foundation. Um, you know, I think that there's definitely, this is, this, this year Davos is definitely going to be a bit different. Um, I think, um, there was also the photo that, uh, Max, Max Walker Williams posted with, uh, Brian Schmidt, the uh, Nobel prize winner chatting with Lehman and that was at a Hedera dinner. So there's all these, there's all these things happening. Um, and it's at a, it's a little bit leveled up from from kind of what it was last year. Uh, and for me, it's just interesting to see kind of the ch- the change and uh, f- pivot on strategy for what Hadir is doing at Davos. Like we talked about this last episode, they're kind of changing the audience they're going after. Um, they're changing the approach. They're at a prime location. So I don't know. In my mind. Um, it naturally, I think a lot of the community is looking at Davos and they're going, Hey, you know, are we going to see another pump? Are we going to see some big price action? Um, and we're just going to have to see, I wouldn't be shocked, but now is really too soon to kind of like, um, lock anything in. I'm going to see if Solo's having some issues connecting. Um, (laughs) Um, Solo's having issues with X and he's updating his app. I've actually been having some issues with X recently. I, I was like looking at my uh, notifications and it like wasn't loading and all these different types of things. Um, also too, Charles A. Atkins, who's the new president of Hedera, is also at Davos. He shared something interesting too, which was um, along the lines of marketing. And, and he was like, hey, I chatted with a, you know, a bunch of these high-powered chief marketing officers from all these big companies. And um, they really don't see AI as replacing a lot of people in marketing. Um, They're actually hiring. I thought that was interesting, but he also shared something from the Hedera purview. Uh, He said, quote, the meeting in Davos, uh, the meetings in Davos have been so good. Even better has been spending time with the team to bond and find alignment. This is not an easy place to pull off great things. And we're doing just that. And so for me, I'm kind of like, I'm trying to reconcile a couple of things in my head, you know, naturally as, you know, a crypto guy, I'm like world economic forum Davos. It's like your gut reaction is, you know, ugh, gross. Oh, is there no, is there no audio coming through? Am I having an issue with X? Hey, uh, Anyone listening here, can you give me a thumbs up if you're getting audio? Give me a thumbs up if you're hearing audio real quick. This is a test. This is a test of this system. I'm getting some reports that there is no audio for some people on X. Clearly X is having some trouble today, but that's okay. That's why we record the episode. That's why we record. Um, Anyways, continuing, I think that, you know, for me... (laughs) Someone down there, hangry, giving a thumbs down. Hangry, you're going to give me a heart attack. Solo wasn't able to hear audio. I had someone else message me um, that they couldn't hear audio. Solo couldn't. So we'll see what happens. But 
Yeah. I mean, uh, Davos, very interesting stuff. Again, Max Walker Williams. I'm going to be bringing up Max Walker Williams a bit just because again, he, like, uh, he and, uh, solo are kind of like community members, um, down at Davos. And it's very interesting because of course Davos is like a, um, you know, a corporate enterprise, um, event that largely is focused again on the CIO and CFOs at companies. And, you know, it's nice to have a bit of a community perspective. You know, I'd say Max is a, you know, a, a, an H barbarian and, you know, solo CSA is an H barbarian. It's, it's kind of cool to have those people, um, at an event like this and just kind of walking through the event space, checking things out. It, from what we saw at the Hedera house last year, definitely feels a bit bigger. Um, and what else is going on here? They got some good speakers. I think they did a talk. That's the other thing too, is Lehman and a few other people from the Hedera crew are going out and speaking, um, at other events at Davos, which is interesting. So that to me is kind of a sign of a maturity of their presence there. And they're all over the place. They're like, um, the, the Hedera branding is like in the hallways, um, you know, the, I'm actually kind of surprised at the at the amount of branding at the event that is Hedera. It's, it's a little bit more than I was expecting, but I dig it. They also too they sh- Max showed that um, outside of the Coinbase um, meeting room, there's like that's the those are the doors to the Coinbase meeting room, and then these are TVs right outside the Coinbase meeting room. So as people go to meet with Coinbase, they they exit the meeting room, and then it's like um, open the door, you know tons of Hedera branding and TVs and stuff like that. So pretty crazy stuff, to be honest. Um, now, while we're waiting for Solo to update his X app, I want to just uh, get a few updates out um, regarding, you know, some headlines here. Uh, Tune FM, that's a music use case on Hedera. Big shout out to them. They just secured um, $20 million uh, funding and capital from Alternative Investment Group, uh, LDA Capital. So shout out to those guys. Tune FM have been like a core uh, use case in the Hedera ecosystem for like feels what, what feels like the beginning of time. And uh, I'm a big fan of music. Um, always looking to kind of innovate. I'm a, you know, been a musician myself for a long time, drummer in a band. So always digging music. And it's great to see like, this is also just, you know, in general, good to see, um, venture capital, you know, coming into the, to the Hedera ecosystem specifically. So shout out to tune FM. I dig it. I'm all about it. Um, Lithos, the uh, gaming studio on Hedera that's working on Ashfall. I think they rebranded Ashfall to something else. Cause there was like another, another unrelated gaming studio that I think stole the name of their game Ashfall. If I recall. Um, and then essentially, uh, one sec. What's that solo keeps messaging me? <laughs> yeah, solo just messaged me. Yeah, I think I think X is having issues today, to be honest. But he will stop by. He'll figure it out. Solo, solo will figure it out. I promise you guys. Solo will figure it out. Um, I've got him. I'm just text messaging him right now. So it's clear. So uh, X is having some issues, but. Lithos. So they've been doing these like NFT things, all those different types of stuff. 
Michael Mumbauer, who is the founder of Lithos, like put out a you know tweet kind of updating people on this. But the really interesting thing here is Lithos is approved as a PlayStation partner. So that's huge. So when we talk about gaming use cases, we talk about accessibility, we talk about um, elevating this IP on that's being built, leveraging Hedera. Um, you know, I think that uh, that's huge, especially if you know, you're going to be elevated to that way as, you know, a partner with uh, the PlayStation store. So that's fantastic. Um, Tangem, uh, I think that's how you pronounce their name. Um, they've updated, they posted their roadmap. Um, they are kind of like a cold hardware wallet. Um, they offer kind of a slim kind of bank card format. Um, and essentially on their roadmap, for network integrations, they've added Hedera for February, so next month. So when we look at the world of hardware wallets for Hedera, um, I think with what's been going on with Ledger and also um, what's been going on with a, with a few different things, it's been a little desolate in the Hedera community. So when we look at now Citadel that's doing you know a bespoke wallet for the Hedera ecosystem, and then we look at you know companies like Tangem, who you know have been pretty engaged with the community to be honest kind of around these announcements um i think that the, the kind of hardware wallet space on hedera is going to start to you know improve um yeah and i'm seeing uh seeing some issues with no audio well i don't know there's not a lot i can do about the no audio guys you gotta you're gonna have to watch the recording well i don't even know why i'm telling you this because you can't hear it but if if you can if you can uh <laughs> I don't know. This is the problem with X. This is why I'm kind of branching out the show a little bit because I've had too many times recently where X has kind of like um, cut out on me. And you know, it's, it, it always happens at the worst, at the worst possible times, especially like when I'm doing interviews or stuff like that. It's like, that's always when like X is having issues or stuff like that. So, and it hasn't been bad. It's just, it, it's just whenever it's not working, it's like the worst possible time. I'm not usually having like super consistent issues, but again, it is what it is. Um, okay. So now we're going to get, uh, we're going to get some stuff back on the road. We're going to flip things back. We're going to get back to our regularly scheduled programming Davos 2024. Um, solo, how are you doing? Can you hear me? Is it, are we working again? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Right now on. the, X is trying to res me pretty hard. I can't get on my phone, so I'm on uh, another device. Uh, but what's up, guys? How are you guys? Doing really good. It, it's funny. I, I'm I'm having issues on X. You're not the only one. I had a couple people message me during the show now um, that are having issues with audio. So it's like it's nothing I can do, but it's just weird that how sometimes like some people will be getting audio, some people won't. <laughs> so it's one of those yeah. days. Yeah, it's a whole clusterfuck, but glad yeah. to... Glad to have figured it out at least a little bit. <laughs> exactly. And that's why I record it. Like I record the show now and everything. So it's like nobody misses anything. But um, that, this is crazy, dude. You're at Davos. Um, and I'm curious to know, like right off the top, how is the trip? And like who from the Hedera crew is out there? Like what, what's going on out there? Yeah. I mean, so I haven't had the chance to, to see everyone. Everyone's quite distributed. Like obviously Zenobia and Christian, like the typical people you'd expect are here. Western, the foundation is here. A couple people from the Hashcraft uh, Association are here. I saw uh, Sammy from Blade uh, was there too. So 
just a lot of different, uh, you know, types of people within the ecosystem here trying to do what we do best, which is connect and uh, accelerate the world of Web3 and trying to, you know, incentivize actual building and usage of the network. And so it's been a been a fun couple of days just getting to see, you know, from a different perspective, how these, you know, big Fortune 500 companies really think about this stuff and just, you know, seeing how uniquely positioned Hedera is to like capture that market and being able to showcase themselves at a place like this is just Amazing, like Brad Garlinghouse from Ripple. I know that you know, I know. on Twitter, Salt Max is interviewing. Yeah, him. he was just at our H bar, walking you know five feet from me, and so it was really exciting to see just how many uh, you know different people have uh, made it down to uh, for the trip. That's awesome. And on that kind of like I was saying at the beginning of the show, you know, we've all kind of seen the you know the headlines about you know the World Economic Forum and Davos, and I think that many you know, especially in the crypto space, you know, tend to view it in a negative light. I think the HBAR community um, appreciates what Davos does for Hedera, but they still kind of feel a little bit on the outside of things. And so I'm interested to kind of know, like, what's your angle on Davos? Like, I'm assuming kind of this is maybe your first time. Like, what's your first impression? What's the vibe? Like, kind of what you're speaking to is like, there's opportunity here, but just kind of curious to know what that looks like. Cause I know you have a background in finance, this, this conference is very geared towards finance, but you're also like a Hedera community member, H barbarian. So interested in kind of your first impressions and kind of what's going on there. Yeah. I mean, I think one thing that's helpful is just like given my previous life, a lot of the people that I, I wouldn't say I worked with, they're magnitudes more senior than I was when I was back in finance. But, um, you know, I did fairly well when I was, you know, working at a bank. And so I do have a, pretty nice network of people. So it was really nice to see some of those really senior people make it out. Um, you know, and sort of, you know, my impression of it is it's, uh, you know, interesting, right? Like I think we are, you know, there's not that many crypto people here. Um, you know, there's always, uh, a bit of a, you know, this group of people, they're, they're, they're the ones that kind of, you know, potentially are the biggest movers in that conversation for adoption and actually influencing like the actual usage of the technology. But they also, you know, you could argue, have you know something to lose or at least in terms of how they perceive it um you know once they understand the opportunity and what you know blockchain unlocks um i think they see the benefits more or they're more likely to see the benefits versus seeing the obstacles or the threat of the technology right and so i think that's something that's really cool you know the hedera did a great job with the presence there um you know it's not just you know we're crypto you should use it it's kind of like you know, they have a, you know, a setup where, you know, they're showcasing all of the use cases that are being built on Hedera too. So it's been a, you know, quite a, quite a, quite an exciting time to actually see it and, you know, uh, put it, put it all together. Um, you know, Christian Zenobia, the entire team did a great job putting, putting a great, you know, event together, some dope panels too. So it's a, it's a full fledged time. That's all. Yeah. I think that a lot of people, um, the initial reaction to Hedera being at Davos this year was like, oh, last year they had Hedera House and this year they're in a hotel and it's like they're scaling back. But like, I think I, I, I got the sense leading up to it and kind of as, you know, Christians and Obia were breaking it down, like they're actually scaling up in a big way. And I, you know, was watching Absolutely. Max Walker Williams. Yeah, I was watching Max Walker Williams walk through of kind of the hotel and, and a lot of the branding outside and all those different types of things. And yeah, it feels like scaling up in a big way. Like it, are there other kind of crypto or Web3 um, projects there? How, how does kind of Hedera stack up with everybody? Like, are they really firing on all cylinders in a way that others aren't? 
I would say that, like, objectively speaking, and this is not me just drinking the Kool-Aid, I think Hedera has the best presence here when it comes to, like, Web3. Wow. Like, they did a great job. Um, the Belvedere Hotel, Hotel is, you know, the nicest part of, you know, like, the pinnacle, the creme de la creme. It's, like, the best of the best, right? And I think uh, when you look at it also, um, you know, from their branding perspective, you know, they have those banners that people have been posting on Twitter, yes. but, like, Legitimately, it's the best signage that there is in Davos, right. right? Attached to the nicest hotel and then at the bottom of the Belvedere where they're hosting their dinners or their events and the happy hours, like it's packed. Like there's a lot of a lot of people and a lot of eyes seeing the technology. So I think there's going to be a ton of follow-up and a lot of opportunity that comes out of, you know, investment like this. It's obviously not something that is, you know, uh, it's, it's definitely a reasonably sized investment but it, it is exactly that an investment in those conversations and those relationships to you know be that first call once people really start jumping into this asset class the bull market yeah. you know is approaching on us and it's eventually you know just like things come for better or for worse the interest will come into our ecosystem um or you know into our space web3 and you know being able to be that first call um you know there's there's quite a value in that 100 percent, and like i just in regards to people, like, I don't know if you had a chance, but like I know that Charles Atkins is there. Are you pl- have you had a chance to connect with him? Or are you pl- planning to connect oh, with him? Oh yeah, the new president. I did, I did talk to Mr. President Charles. I had a mm. long conversation with Charles on the first day I got here. Um, it was great. Uh, Charles is great. He's exactly um, you know the type of person you know you. It, it's one of those things where like he is exactly how he is on Twitter in real life. Like he wants to be that point of contact. He wants right. to be visible. He wants to be accessible. And he wants to know what we think. And, you know, he actually does have a, you know, I, I, you know, obviously me being a member of the community and Calaxy being a, you know, quite a retail product. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously I, I have really strong feelings and uh, opinions on how important and critical it really is to involve the community or think about the community or build for the community. Um, and, you know, he's the exact same way. And so he's done a lot of diligence. He knew a lot about the projects already in Hedera. He's connecting the dots. He's plugged in. Like this dude is ready to roll in 2024, which is really nice. I think we've been needing that sort of point of authority, especially when you're thinking about the council and activating and doing what they do best, which is going to be connecting those, you know, synergistic benefits. Like their job is to potentially facilitate where, you know, companies can work together or builders on the ecosystem can more, more easily collaborate uh, to, you know, foster a better ecosystem overall. Absolutely. I was getting that sense from him too. He's definitely got that energy. I think that the majority of the, the the vast majority of the community is like over the moon about him as president. Um, and I was, I was going to ask too, like, I don't want to keep you too long because I can only imagine how crazy things are over there. Every minute is so valuable. Um, but I was going to ask again, just as a community member, as an H barbarian, like so far, like what has really jumped out at you like has anything like really jumped out at you as super fascinating interesting surprising um that that maybe you weren't expecting or or anything like that i just i can only imagine that in a environment like this there must be all sorts of different things that kind of just pop up at you yeah i mean i'd say that the most interesting thing has definitely been uh you know just how diverse this place is and like how many you know like the it's quite a powerful room like you can't you can't pay for this type of connections. And even back to Hedera's activation at the Belvedere hotel, it's quietly, it's like the most secure part of the entire conference. 
um, or the gotcha. entire, you know, sort of event. And so like, you know, that anybody in this room is like, you know, they have to have a specific badge to get involved or be a, be in the room, which, you know, tells you or communicates, you know, that like, there's obviously, um, you know, obviously a ton of, uh, a ton of a ton of hitters in the room at any point in time. So, like I was saying, like the fact that Brad Garlinghouse is in there and just chilling, taking drinks at the bar was just amazing to see, right? And you know, as we scale into this new market, the idea of collaboration, and how important it will be, um, you know, has been quite uh, quite amazing. Um, and so, I'm super excited to to see what comes of it. And honestly, you know, like I said, um, you know, it's been uh, a long time coming, and I think Hedera's time is. Uh, you know, approaching right in front of us. And I think they're doing a great job trying to seize that moment. Yeah. On, on that, you know, when people kind of compare last year at Davos and this year at Davos, naturally people kind of go, well, wow, you know, you know, H bar saw some really crazy price action at Davos and there was some buzz and there was this and that. And I think a lot of people in the community are kind of looking to that now at Davos, like doing a direct comparison from last year to this year, also kind of not really understanding maybe like what it's all about and those types of things. But at that surface level, when we look at kind of the engagement or the the results of Davos 2024, like do you, how do you think um, the, the results from this year are going to compare to last year? Ooh, uh, I mean, I think just, you know, I think one thing is, is, is definitely market cycle, right? So like, I think there is an opportunity for us to, uh, you know, greatly benefit from the fact that, uh, you know, the, the asset prices have recovered quite a bit. Um, and obviously you see the tailwinds of like, um, you know, the maturation of our asset class, right? Like having things like a spot ETF as an investment product that allows people to take views on the asset class or gain exposure to it, um, invites a whole different type of person or, uh, you know, source of capital, to the ecosystem. And so I think that's a huge tailwind. Right. And so I think people now seeing this news are going to be like, you know, exploring these technologies. And so I think the, you know, that follow up and it's really what's going to be key. And I think what the, you know, what we should really keep an eye on is kind of what they're able to do with, um, you know, those connections and those eyes that they're able to develop, um, you know, through the time that they're here, you know, for, for the, for the next few days here, um, to really see what the, what that amounts to. But I could, uh, you know, I definitely think they're going to be, you know, in the context of, you know, increasing or building out that governing council and all those things. I think this is like the the place where all that stuff and those conversations really start. Um, and, you know, really finding a way to land that plane is what, you know, the calculus will become. But um, I am very confident about the uh, team that we have. Right on. I think, and I think a lot of people feel the same thing. I think a lot of people are, are feeling super like optimistic, like specifically Lehman and Mance and their kind of first principles video were like very clear, like we're feeling optimistic, we're feeling um, energized. So I think that's, I think that's the main, the main takeaway is, is there's a lot of energy going into this and um, kind of before, before we wind it down, cause I, I, I want to be really respectful of your time, but um, you know, I was curious to know kind of, was there, was there anything else or anything that you came to mind or that came to your mind that you just wanted to make people in the Hedera ecosystem aware of, or that is really on your mind right now being, you know, at this event, like, is there anything else kind of that you wanted to highlight uh, for the community? Um, I would say that the one thing I would like to highlight is that the need for use cases. And I think, the need for tangible examples of what the power of blockchain is, is going to become increasingly important. And I think that's going to be actually very helpful, honestly, in enterprise adoption. And so I think, you know, while we, 
you know, talk about enterprise a lot on Hedera, which, you know, that's what uh, the chain is probably known for, at least within the space. Um, us as H barbarians know that the retail community here is, is quite strong. And, um, you know, beyond just the retail community, just the consumer facing applications, like the startup applications um, and, you know, the successes that they're able to glean is going to be very helpful for translating like what the power of blockchain and how it unlocks to like a fortune 500 CEO. But until the the use cases are that tangible, it just turns into a bunch of, you know, great technology things to look into. Um, But I think what's like super important or impactful will be our ability to, to, to showcase what Hedera is uniquely positioned to do with like actual use cases, right? Like we have a tokenized sports league. There are tons of sports execs here. Like, how does that work? Well, yeah. people have tokens. What do they use the tokens for? They vote on fighter. And they're like, that's a very tangible example of like, oh, this is why you use it. You can't use this technology or create something like this without the power of Web3. Um, and so I think things like that are going to be very helpful in, you know, understanding that, um, you know, the, the evolution of the user experiences are going to continue to grow so that um, the products will get better too and more sophisticated so that the calculus that you're asking a Fortune 500 CEO to like understand what like, you know, wallets and NFTs might look like if you show them something like Galaxy or show them sending an NFT doesn't need to be what they have grown to understand it to be, which is traditionally arduous for anyone that isn't in the world of crypto. Um, you know, I think that's going to be what really accelerates or, you know, yeah. accelerates those conversations. And I think the function of that will be how fast we see the ROI on something like this, right? Like how, yeah. how easy it is for, for these people to discover um, these, these use cases and technologies being built. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've gone back and forth on this, like how critical, like just to having a really great demo is in the technology space and better yet, like actually having, live use cases like you talked about karate combat and stuff that like when you actually start to have those things on the network that aren't just the enterprise or b2b type things that are actual consumer facing um products and and have a startup ecosystem forming um that i think is really exciting it's it's case studies it's stories it's success it's it it really kind of you know it it those kinds of things do get enterprise excited it shows them how they can apply all the things they're doing so um, that's, that's really, really awesome, man. Uh, and appreciate you taking the time to, 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 to call in despite issues with, uh, with X. I'm looking forward to when we can do some stuff like this on, uh, directly on Galaxy. <laughs> yeah, we have, uh, we have some stuff in the can, so it's exciting mm. times, early, early days for us in our product, uh, deployment but we are uh, super excited to get back to shipping some new stuff and really building out that feature set but yeah no obviously appreciate you for uh you know having me on and happy to to be a resource to the community like max said uh to a much lesser degree just because <laughs> this is not a uh, day job but like uh you know i definitely do uh and want to be that uh liaison or be that uh potential set of eyes uh you know for for the community and obviously give you guys a sense of the heartbeat over here but um you know we're we're in good hands uh they're doing a great job out here right on i love it well thanks again so much solo uh i won't keep you get back to it i can only imagine all the crazy stuff you're getting up to and i really appreciate you uh being a part of the show today absolutely thank you so much man i'll uh see i'll I'll sign off but i might join on in a little bit just gotta go to uh this event really quick but thanks again for having me on and uh peace out all right peace out cheers right on okay so good update from from solo and you know i think that you know with davos with all these different types of things you know again 
there's so many different opinions about Davos, um, about the World Economic Forum. And, you know, Hedera does swim against the grain a little bit in Web3. And I, you know, I think that there's a general sentiment that, you know, definitely, you know, this can go against the grain of Web3, but it's good to have a seat at the table and it's clear the direction that things are going. Um, so really exciting stuff. I mean, Davos last year was exciting because uh, HBAR did exciting stuff. So I think, honestly, when we break it down, I think that's what a lot of people are looking forward to, to be honest, just really getting down to it. Um, now, I want to move on to uh, our next story, uh, our next major story. I'm just going to quickly um, grab a, a fresh bevy here and we'll, uh, we'll dive into it. I love being able to mute my mic when I open a can of soda. Previously on Twitter spaces, I wouldn't hit the mute and it would just be like live on the show. Um, so actually just real quick, just to mention, I mean, we saw the Bitcoin ETF stuff um, popping off last week. We talked about it extensively um, and all the different drama behind it coming online and you know, them getting approved, the fact that the SEC Twitter account got, um, you know, <laughs> the SEC Twitter account got hacked or they didn't have two-factor authentication on. Uh, but real quick, I mean, with the uh, with the ETF coming out, um, we look at some numbers and there's been $10 billion in volume over the last three days. Uh, there was, as of yesterday, um there was 500 ETFs launched last year, and today they did a combined $450 million in volume. Um, so that just kind of puts it into perspective. You know, these Bitcoin ETFs are probably some of the most successful ETF launches of all time. Um, and it's very fat. It's going to be very interesting to see um, what unfolds from that. But clear that the, the Bitcoin ETF stuff is huge. Um, and it's good, good to have what, that one out of the way. Um, big, big story today. Um, Hedera has a new governing council member. They announced this governing council member just days ago on Monday. Um, I did quite a big deep dive into this governing council member and yeah, it's very, very interesting. Um, not one I think that we had on our bingo cards, um, to be honest, um, and I think it's going to be a very interesting one to see potential use cases come out of, um, Hitachi, which is very interesting. Also too, just a quick mention, um, this is the third year of the show, uh, and we're approaching, you know, we're getting closer to 150 episodes, which is exciting. Um, and I mean, we've covered, you know, every major Hedera story on the show over the years and had so many different great guests. Um, and it's all independent and community supported. Um, and we have an average of about 500 listeners per episode on X and more on podcast platforms. Um, I think X is busted today, unfortunately. So maybe a little less, but what's, what's cool with the new video podcast that I'm recording, like I was saying, I'm recording like a video, uh, alongside of this, just capturing what's on my screen and kind of my webcam. Um, you know, uh, I think, you know, many people will check out the YouTube version 
I have a feeling going live tomorrow, but appreciate all the support for the show. It makes, it makes this all possible. Um, and it's really easy, you know, send an H bar tip to the show's um, wallet address that's in the thread pins, the top of the spaces. If you're listening live or it's in the podcast show notes, if you're listening on YouTube and podcasts and different stuff like that, but check it out, support the show. Really appreciate everybody. Um, so new governing council member, um, Hitachi. So this is not Hitachi, the kind of umbrella company. This is Hitachi, um, America. So it's a different company, right? That's important to make that delineation. Um, because I think a lot of people can get confused and, and think it's like the, 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 the umbrella company, but it's not, it's a Hitachi America, but that aligns very well with what Hedera is looking for on the governing council and the different types of use cases that Hitachi could potentially be doing. And we'll look into a couple of them, but basically this is the announcement. Um, and I'll just kind of quickly um, read a little bit of it here. So this was January 15th, Monday. Um, the Hedera council today announced, actually I'll zoom in. I have to remember too, I'm doing video now. So I have to like zoom in on my screen so people can, re uh, can see it. Um, January 15th, and, and it's interesting too, this was announced from Switzerland, from Davos. So um, I know Max Walker-Williams uh, tweeted out on uh, yesterday, uh, said, they're a mega company. I'll cover it in the next video. I have a sneaking suspicion there might be another GC announcement coming. So because this one was announced at Davos um, and they're at Davos, are we going to see another governing council member announced? It's also odd that this governing council member was announced on a Monday because most governing council members are announced on like a Wednesday or a Thursday. So um, there's something there as well. It's, it's, you know, it's very interesting, but the Hedera council today announced its newest member Hitachi America limited, which brings with it industrial solutions expertise. Hitachi offers a broad range of electronics, power and industrial equipment and services, energy, industrial, healthcare, IT, OT, mobility, mobility and IOT operations throughout the Americas directly and through its subsidiaries, um, blah, 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 blah. Um, there was one part here that is really important that I think a lot of people stuck to. Um, let me see here. Uh, yeah, so this was the thing. So this move heightens potential for highly practical use cases built on Hedera. Um, and we'll talk about what, what Hitachi might be building, but um, there is this word potential. And, and a lot of people have also pulled some stuff from the tweet that was like, with the aim to begin creating proof of concepts by the end of year or by, within the next year. And I think a lot of people saw that and they were kind of like, oh, you know, I want things to happen faster. We want governing council members. We want things happening. And kind of to see like, hey, we hope this works out or there's a potential for this or next year or this or that. And I think that, you know, it definitely dampened the reaction a bit. But again, you know, these are enterprises and it's made it's been made clear that the criteria for governing council member joining Hedera, they've got to be focused on use cases. They've got to already have something kind of underway. And you'd assume that, you know, Hitachi is in that position. Um, and some other interesting things about Hitachi is uh, America 
is, you know, of course they're focused on the U S they're headquartered in Santa Clara, California. Um, and they're working on a blockchain based notary system. And we've heard kind of like the notary system brought up to describe the Hedera consensus service many, many times. And we all know that the Hedera consensus service is designed kind of like to plug in to, um, to other, uh, technology aspects like Hyperledger or different things like that. And it's very interesting to see a quick sidebar is um, Hitachi actually tweeted out themselves um, on this. I wonder where their tweet is. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, There we are. This is what Hitachi tweeted out. Um, They said thrilled to join the Hedera council. We're excited to unlock numerous industrial possibilities through the Hedera platform with asset tokenization and fractional ownership capabilities. Hitachi's social innovation business will enable unconventional engagement models. So there's a bunch of different things there, but I looked into it. And if we look at, for example, um, a few of the different things that Hitachi is working on, um, we look at the energy stuff that they're working on. Um, we look at their, uh, their sustainable, um, solutions that they're working on. And these are, these are pretty aligned with, um, what Hedera is doing. And you look at what the services that Hitachi already offers. And it's very, very interesting. And one of the most interesting aspects is again, this blockchain based notary system that, that I, that I pulled up. And if you're watching the video version of this on YouTube, you'll see it, but, um, basically it's just a diagram that shows, um, this notary service that Hitachi wants to build and they've got, you know, users, they've got companies involved. Um, they've got Hitachi, they've got some validating, and then they kind of show this area of this diagram that highlights this blockchain based notary service for consensus. The fact that Hitachi is amongst other companies in using it and governing it. And so it's pretty clear that that is Hedera. And it's very fascinating because when we look at the focus of Hedera bringing on governing council members that have use cases, you look at Hitachi's website right here and they've already outlined the work that they're doing. And it's, it's like looking at a puzzle with a missing puzzle piece. And it's so clear that that puzzle piece is shaped exactly like Hedera is shaped. Um, So it's very, very interesting in that respect. And um, also when you look at their energy solutions and um, what they're doing for sustainability, again, it's, it's an alignment with all the different use cases we've seen in Hedera that, for example, leverage the guardian um, and all those different use cases. So again, there's a, there's a second kind of potential pillar um, to this. And the other thing too, is um, this, there's, there's a video that Hitachi published that kind of touches on how they're leveraging um, Hyperledger Fabric, this kind of notary service. And when you watch it, you kind of see like, um, you know, they talk about deep tier finance, which is something I haven't heard of yet. Um, But basically how it works is you've got this kind of deep tier finance system that they talk about. You've got suppliers and then you've got a bank. um, And essentially you can secure financing with the banks um, based on the buyer's credit worthiness. And then when you have these buyers and these suppliers, uh, these tokens are generated and like fractionalized down this pipeline and it's leveraging the hyperledger, hyperledger fabric. 
And what's very interesting about that is we know that there is existing integrations to plug HCS, the Hedera Consensus Service, into um, the Hyperledger Fabric platform. So that's what's very interesting here is you kind of start to see some things aligning where you go, okay, we've got Hitachi that has been building something with the Hyperledger Fabric. They're looking for that, you know, notary service. They're trying to build out this solution. Um, And also, they are now part of the Hedera Governing Council. And it's clear, again, that that missing puzzle piece is, um, you know, Hedera. So for me, I do feel really, really excited about um, what this Governing Council uh, membership could bring because... I think that, again, it wasn't one on our bingo cards, but Hitachi is a, is definitely an interesting one. Um, now, there were some other insights that came along with the announcement that I thought was useful. Was Rob Allen, who is on the governing council himself at Australian Payments Plus, um, he said something interesting just kind of in response to a few of the different talking points around the new governing council member. He said, um, quote, Neither Hedera, neither the Hedera Council nor any foundation has any control over the announcement of new governing council members. It is entirely driven by the new member. None of the other governing council members know this timing. This is specifically to avoid any accusation of market manipulation. So a few people were kind of like, oh, could these announcements be, you know, coordinated a little better? Um, could there be some more, you know, playing some more angles to it? You can't. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's really kind of the reality of this is when these governing council members are, um, added, you know, there's really no control over that. Um, another aspect to this is something shared by H bar Tata, who is always, you know, posting some very interesting stuff from the Hedera ecosystem, especially in regards to some of these announcements. Um, they tweet out some very interesting stuff regarding, um, the Hitachi, Vantra product, um, data product. Um, and so Tata says, quote, Hitachi is a huge addition to the Hedera Governing Council. Specifically, the Hitachi Vantra delivers the intelligent data platforms, infrastructure systems, and digital expertise that supports more than 85% of the Fortune 100. Customers include 7-Eleven, Disney, uh, Logitech, NASA, NASDAQ. Um, so that's pretty big, Right. If you want to talk about just sheer access and, and volume, this use case um, is what could be most compelling when we look at kind of a big name type uh, use case. Like we got satellites here. We've got sustainability. We've got big names. Um, here's all some of the different customers here. Very fascinating stuff. So this is another, this this Hitachi Vantra product and service stack is is one of those very interesting things that I think, you know, could be an avenue for use cases on Adara. And then of course their agricultural platform, their ESG reporting stuff, their deep tier finance. Like what you start to realize when it comes to Hitachi on the governing council is for me, like if you were to look at a company and kind of, you know, dream up a company that would be able to leverage Hedera in all the different ways that Hedera is really looking to be leveraged, like, you come up with Hitachi America. Um, so it's very fascinating stuff. Very, very interesting stuff. Um, and 
yeah, I mean, that's the story on Hitachi. It's it, we're going to need more time to kind of um, learn more about what they're building. There's going to be plenty of rumors. There's going to be plenty more news. Um, there's going to be all sorts of all sorts of things happening, which is going to be um, very very exciting. Um, but shout out to Hitachi. Welcome to the Hedera community as a governing council member. Maybe we'll see some cool interviews. Uh, what we're probably going to see, you know, a gossip about gossip podcast with Zenobia. Uh, we're probably going to see an H bar bull interview. I'm, I'm hoping that we kind of, you know, uh, start to get a little more insight into kind of what they're all about. Um, so shout out now next story. And before I go into the next story again, apologies for people tuning into X. I'm still getting reports of audio issues on X. So no audio issues here. It's recording fine. We're looking good. So rest assured you'll be able to, to check out the show. So I'm, I'm getting messages from people panicking and stuff. It's like, no worries. Um, I don't know what, what me telling you on the show is going to do because you can't hear me. But now, so this next story is one that I think kind of highlights how intense the news cycles are in the Hedera ecosystem. There, Remember, days ago, six days ago, there was a partnership between Swirls Labs that is, a, you know, um, where Lehman Baird and Mance Harmon are at, the, you know, co-founders of Hedera and, and Lehman Baird that is the inventor of the Hashgraph algorithm. And the Algorand Foundation, um, and this is basically stemming from, you know, between Lehman and then John Woods, who's the CTO of the um, Algorand Foundation. And this centers around DRAC. Now, a quick refresher. We talked about this on the show many, many, many times. But DRAC is essentially a new pro- a new protocol that's being developed um, that essentially like removes one of the major barriers to mass adoption for crypto as a whole, right? Private keys, right? Your seed phrase. Um, the big thing is, you know, the average person expects a a kind of a fail safe for most aspects of life. Like, you know, recovering your bank password or getting into your home if you lose your keys or this and that. But um, when you think about crypto, it's a very foreign kind of concept to have this set of keys that, um, you know, on one side, it's powerful because you, you are your own bank. You have custody of your assets, which is great. But on the other side, you can if you lose those keys and you lose everything, there is no fail safe. And there hasn't really been a great way to do this. And so the approach of, of DREC, right, is around a new protocol that that was, you know, created by Lehman Baird and the team at Swirls Labs that essentially is similar to uh, Shamir Secret Sharing, but it's different because when you're sharing those pieces of your secret to other people, those devices are constantly communicating to each other to make sure that um, none of those pieces are lost or that none of those devices have gone offline. So um, naturally, things will be able to to stay recoverable. And that's a big problem as you look at those different uh, solutions regarding sharding and, and, and Shamir secret sharing. And the issue always comes up of, you know, I've got my private key or my secret shared amongst a bunch of different people. Something happens to those people and I don't know when it comes time to recover, you can have issues. So DREC also eliminates that aspect of this. And 
so the approach now is, you know, the, the, the pie in the sky thing here is what if people didn't have to worry about private keys, they can have these helpers. I think, you know, I've talked about it till I'm blue in the face on the show, but it's clear that this is, you know, a major aspect of crypto going forward. It's cool that Swirls Labs is, is kind of behind it. Um, and so there's the DREC Alliance now, and the DREC Alliance is a grouping of uh, companies, projects, um, including Swirls Labs, the Algorand Foundation, the HBAR Foundation, the Hashgraph Association, the DLT Science Foundation, uh, the Building Blocks, and Bank Social. Um, and there, you know, there's new companies and projects onboarding to the DREC Alliance, but essentially it's a set of standards, it's a protocol that's going to enable all this. And the vision is to have it built into devices and um, operating systems like, you know, iOS and Android and, and Apple and Windows and all those different types of things. So it's very exciting. It's a long road. Um, and one sticking point about this is a lot of people in the Hedera ecosystem are kind of like, you know, hey, they're taking advantage of Lehman's invention, right? Like how can these other networks like Algorand and you know, uh, Cardano was also mentioned as a potential member is how can they use this, right? How can they take ownership of this when it's Lehman's invention and Lehman's Hedera and blah, blah, blah. And I think the way to look at this is look at this with like a, a marketing view, right? This is an open source protocol being developed by Swirls Labs, being developed by the inventors of the Hashgraph algorithm, sure. But this is a protocol that's open source that can be leveraged by any network or any kind of like, you know, um, any, you know, you could think of password managers. They also talk about having password managers as part of the DREC alliance. And you start to see, oh, okay, so this is much more widespread. This is how open source software uh, kind of works. And when I say look at it from a marketing standpoint, because this is this is really great to have other networks like Algorand and potentially Cardano and these other ones to use a product like this, get value from it and know that, you know, the people behind Hedera created something that brings an immense amount of value to the whole industry. So I think that's the big, that's the big key here in, in looking at it that way that makes it so interesting. And the other aspect here is um, there was a great interview that was published by um, CFC St. Moritz that funny, like Lehman has been up in Switzerland for quite a while. He's now at Davos, but he was at this other conference that was being held in Switzerland at a similar time, which was, which was fascinating. So there, the, clearly there's a lot of stuff happening, but um, there was this interview uh, with John Woods, the CTO of Algorand, uh, the Algorand Foundation. And I want to play a little clip here, but this is near the end. Um, and it's very interesting to kind of see how both of them kind of talk about uh, DREC. And again, this is this is Lehman Baird and uh, John Wood, CTO of the Algorand Foundation um, at um, CFC Moritz, another event in Switzerland. That is somehow biased towards something, whether it's a technology or a party or otherwise. Right. This implementation, Lehman, do you want to? Yeah. So there have been biases. Often you have to use a, a smart contract on a blockchain or something. Also, often the world can see who your helpers are. Mm. Also, I don't think anyone has done this where you're checking every day. 
Right. Honestly, if you give this to your friends and family and you never check, I guarantee you one by one, they're going to lose it. You'll never know it until you need it. And then it's too late. Well, that's what I was going to say. I'm impressed that it's dynamic and not static, right? right? I've helped with a lot of key ceremonies over the decade with different protocols. And usually it's a static key instead of here's a dynamic solution. Right. And this is key. Pun intended. <laughs> because social recovery has existed for a while, right? Sure, you can use Shamir secret sharing and shard up a key, whatever. You can give it to people. But ultimately, every single time I've seen this try to be uh, relied upon, uh, it comes to the point of recovery and you're a person short or someone's machine has died because they suffer from the same fate you did, which is why you need them in the first place. And so uh, this and ensuring that things are still hot, things are still there and are, are still dependable, it makes the protocol robust and uh, fit for purpose. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time today. So that's that's really interesting. And I think that, um, you know, I think we're going to see more of this. Like um, like we saw Lehman talking with Brad Gerlinghouse, CEO of Ripple, just recently. There's this partnership, you know, with the Algorand Foundation in another capacity. So um, this could be a bit of a trend of kind of seeing Hedera aligning more directly with with other layer ones, other networks. And it's been brought up before and I think specifically kind of entertained as a possibility of like, it's not, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility for, you know, an L1 to join the governing council for Hedera. It's just very interesting stuff. It's very interesting times. We talk about the concept of Hedera being a layer two or a layer zero for another network or all these different types of things. So just seeing these kinds of conversations, these people kind of come together um, is very, very, very uh, interesting. Now, our next story is, um, again, another uh, major headline here and something I think that's a really important topic that sparked um, a really, really big uh, conversation in the community, and it's around um, funding in the ecosystem. And so Hedera announced, uh, I believe, last week, I think it was Friday, they announced that they had allocated 4.86 billion HBAR, which is close to just 10% of the uh, the um, total supply of HBAR of the 50 billion. <laughs> Someone else on X just <laughs> said, uh, said um, can't hear anything. You know what I should do actually real quick? What, I, what I'm going to do right now is I feel so bad. I'm going to put out a post on X. Um, I'm going to say, Sorry about audio issues on the show today. Sad face. I think X is having issues. I'm live now and recording. So if you can't hear, watch the recording. Smile face. It is what it is, folks. So yeah, 10% of the Hedera um the Hedera total supply of the 50 billion um has been allocated. That's huge news and um sent uh ripples through the community in what resulted in all sorts of conversation about funding and different pain points. And a bit of the breakdown here is um 4.25 billion of that H bar set aside for ecosystem development, which will be dispersed to 
organizations like the HBAR Foundation, the Hashgraph Association, the DLT Science Foundation, and then there's 614 million HBAR set aside for operations of the council and uh, SAFT payments. Um, so lots to take in. I think the community is still digesting it, but the way that it kicked off was a conversation um, more broadly around um, funding in the ecosystem. And it started with, um, you know, NFT marketplace sent X um, posting about, uh, you know, the fact that use cases like theirs, retail use cases like theirs, like we were talking about solo uh, I was talking with Solo just re- earlier on the show, um, you know, from Davos, and he mentioned specifically, you know, it's so important to cultivate and foster these use cases and these and these products because this is what allows um, Hedera to kind of break through the noise. Um, and when you look at products and services like Centex, NFT marketplaces, all these different types of things that are seeing success, um, you think about putting yourself in the shoes of people at the, you know, the H bar foundation, the association, different things like that. And you would figure, you know, if you've got a roaring fire, you'd want to keep feeding it to see that success. I imagine there's all sorts of different factors that come into play, but it definitely culminates in some back and forth. And I think it started out, um, you know, with Centex saying, Hey, listen, um, we've got products that we're working on and, and, you know, we were denied a, you know, uh, a grant from the Hashgraph association. Um, and they had already been funded by the H bar foundation for, for something. And so they were looking for grant funding from the association for, um, you know, other products they were working on. And I've seen use cases and projects in the past be supported by both, the foundation and the Hashgraph Association, whether it's a joint deal or, or uh, I believe in the past I've seen a project be supported by one and then the other. I don't think that that it's crazy, you know, out of the realm. Um, and uh, it, it it opened up a lot of discussion. And Shane, CEO of the of the H Bar Foundation, um, offered a rebuttal to this, and specifying that unfortunately um, foundation hopping or double dipping is happening more and more. We're trying to be vigilant in the interest of all who hold HBAR to ensure we have a variety of projects operating on Hedera to build a healthy and vibrant ecosystem. So um, understandable, but it's a little weird because, you know, we've, again, like I said, we've seen projects, you know, double dip and, I think it, you know, it starts to pull at that topic of lack of transparency. Um, I think more transparency would be helpful to the ecosystem and to the community, but also I think like literally it's the HBAR Foundation and the association and um, the DLT Science Foundation of, of what's going on because I think because the community isn't aware of these things, because I think, you know, grant applicants aren't aware of these types of dynamics and, and these things. Uh, and these kinds of guardrails or systems or criteria that they have set up, it definitely can feel, you know, out of left field um, kind of in both ways. And there's, there's, there's a main topic here, which is I think with the response from the foundation, 
on these on this topic, and we'll bring up a couple more talking points here that that I saw unfold. But right out the gate, it you know you start to get this the sense that the foundation's goals um, currently might not be aligned with the community um, and kind of what is seen as priority, um, and that's really ele- uh, relevant or evident in uh, with Citadel Wallet. And Citadel Wallet um, had a response to Shane. Shane, uh, you know, Citadel Wallet basically said, hey, listen, we would appreciate um, your reasoning why, you know, a Hedera native hardware wallet is not considered critical infrastructure by the HBAR Foundation and was never supported by a small grant we asked for. Um and Shane responded, you know, hardware is capital intensive. As a result, we believe a startup that creates hardware is challenging. Um, you know, it doesn't support our interoperability goals, all these different types of things. So, you know, I think that to me, I read that and I kind of, you know, it's tough for me because I can see Shane's point of like, they want to make sure that they are investing in things that will see success that don't have a huge financial impact on the fund and, and and mitigate as much risk as they can. But also I think that there is a trend of products and services that are geared towards and built for the Hedera ecosystem that struggle to get grant funding in the Hedera ecosystem because quote unquote um, they don't support interoperability goals or that they don't, um, have, you know, certain opportunities for revenue. And it's, and it's interesting because, um, you know, I would naturally assume that, you know, funding Hedera projects and those different types of things would be a smart idea. Um, but clearly there's thinking on the foundations end and, and other, uh, you know, organizations that it might not be the right approach. And that's kind of where the disconnect comes in is a lot of people do feel that's the right approach. And the association and the foundation might not feel that's the right approach. Um, and I think that's where the real point of contention is. And so HBAR to the moon, uh, Andy, who is behind Citadel Wallet, we've had him on the show. Great guest. Citadel Wallet's awesome. Um, you know, they broke down kind of their rebuttals to Shane um, and kind of what they what they would expect. And I think what was very, very interesting here was Rob Allen previously who was at the HBAR Foundation and is on the governing council currently um, respond to this whole uh, this whole conversation and debate around this story and said, quote, the HBAR Foundation has not yet attracted the support of Ledger or other, quote, mainstream hardware wallets. And even if they did, those wallets would be unlikely to incorporate all Hedera's native features. Citadel is critical infrastructure and that it has not got a grant beggars belief. So Rob Allen, again, previously at the HBAR foundation himself and um, at, on the governing council expressing his disbelief um, with the foundation's, you know, lack of oversight on this, I would say. I have to agree. I mean, it's it's obvious and and I don't know why the fa- I think that that's what makes this difficult is the rationale provided by the foundation by Shane um to you know, reason these choices I don't think is resonating with the community. It doesn't quite make sense. 
to Rob Allen as well, who again was at the foundation. So it's very interesting. Um, Ken Anderson from launch badge chimed in as well. Um, and this was also interesting just on the hardware wallet side of things. Um, he says, quote, no other hardware wallet can do what Citadel wallet is doing because of the memory and app size limitations. Launch badge built the Hedera app for ledger and ledger has no interest in robust support for Hedera or any other chain. They can only support basic functions because of the lack of memory. And then he says, too, what does interoperability mean when it comes to a hardware wallet, right? Wallets manage keys and validate or sign transactions. That's it. Hedera has many more kinds of transactions to validate, which is why a Hedera-specific hardware wallet makes sense. I hear the interoperability argument frequently, but it usually is an uninformed and lazy argument. So um, there's that. And then also, um, there's a, there's a few other, there's a few other points, but I just wanted to highlight that conversation. There's a lot to dive into in regards to it, but, um, clearly that debate, that conversation happening in the community, happening in the ecosystem clearly highlights a disconnect between the foundation, the association, these org- these grant giving organizations and the community and these projects that they're, that, you know, they're charged with, you know, supporting and, and funding. And I think that that's, that's fair. And I think I share in that, in that sentiment of yes. Uh, you know, I share in Rob's sentiment. I share in Ken's sentiment. I share in the majority I feel of the community sentiment, which is um, grant giving and funding efforts as it pertains to um, the startup ecosystem in Hedera is off the mark. Um, the other side to this is, and to the HBAR Foundation's credit, to the association's credit, to Hedera's credit, to Swirl's credit, to the DLT Science Foundation's credit, is I think collectively, and we've kind of seen this, especially with the new appointment of Hedera's president, Charles Aitkins, and some of the ways in which Hedera and representatives are communicating with the ecosystem, um, I think they recognize that disconnect. I think they recognize that misalignment. Um, and it's, and again, it's been a talking point of theirs for a little bit that they have missed the mark on retail, that they, you know, that they are making changes, that they are doing things. And, and frankly, we are seeing some of those changes. And so I think that pulling back a little bit credit where credit's due to have Shane, right? The CEO of the foundation, these key people, right? Governing council members diving into these very low level discussions in the community focused around these topics that for a long time have felt outside of scope of the foundation's interests. Um, I think that um, holistically looking at the situation of funding in the ecosystem, um, the announcement that Hedera is allocating, um, you know, almost 5 billion HBAR to this, right, to ecosystem development, uh, just, you know, just under 4.5 billion, um, I'm bullish on that, right? It's always a good thing to see especially at a critical time like this, when there's so much change in the industry and in the ecosystem um, to see this level of funding and these, and these funds available, like it's, it's just important to do. And then the other thing is that Rob Allen highlights that I think is important is um, a lot of people reacted to this news and they were like, Whoa, does that mean that the circulating supply of H bar is just going to jump up 10%? Does that mean that 5 billion H bar is just going to be poured into exchanges and dumped on us? 
I can't get behind these tokenomics. That's what a lot of people are saying. Um, and I'll just refer to what Rob Allen says. He says, not released yet, but allocated to the foundations for release to support ecosystem builders over the next couple of years. So just to reiterate and maybe illustrate is Hedera has unlocked, you know, close to 5 billion H bar. As we know, 614 million of that H bar will be used for operations within Hedera and SAFT payments. That's a whole other discussion. I think really what's on, on a lot of people's minds immediately is the 4.25 billion for ecosystem development and how that works essentially is that H bar is allocated. That doesn't mean it's entering the markets. It's not going to exchanges. It's not going to, um, it's not going out into the ecosystem. It's being transferred to, um, the foundation, the DLT science, uh, foundation and, um, the Hashgraph association. And when it arrives there, it's still not in the ecosystem, right? It's being held and custodied by those organizations. Um, and, what they will be doing is releasing that H bar to projects as they meet certain milestones. So at a project level, it's not like they sign on a project in the ecosystem and then they just give them, you know, a million or however much H bar they do an agreement. They give them a small amount up front, and then the, that project works towards milestones to receive additional H bar. So at a very high level, this, you know, close to 5 billion H bar will be released into the ecosystem over the coming years, right? That's what this is going to look like. So it's not a flood of H bar um, heading into exchanges in this ecosystem and all those different types of things. It's it's going to be happening over a couple of years. Um, so I think that this is um, a really interesting development. I'm bullish on it. And I think that the downside of this is, is just um, a lot of misunderstanding or misinformation. And again, I think that can be attributed a little bit to, I think it would be helpful for Hedera to educate the community a little more on how this stuff kind of works and map this out a little bit, just because I think that a lot of these announcements sometimes can literally um, catch people off guard and cause um, some negative sentiment where like there might not need to be. Um and furthermore, the, the upside to that is a lot of really helpful discussions and debates um, that we've that we kind of you know talked about. So uh, really, really uh, important stuff. Now, I also want to talk about a few other a few other news stories. Those are our main ones for today. Uh, and we're going to, as we kind of reach the end of the show here, there's a couple other headlines I want to go over uh, with you guys, but. Really, really appreciate everybody uh, listening live on X right now. Shout out to the few of you who have audio working on X. Um, we've got about you know ten people <laughs> tuned in, <laughs> and and th- those are the those are the small the fraction of people that have audio working on X. I've got I literally have about twenty DMs and like a bunch of messages from people that literally were, are just like I tuned in and I can't hear anything. I'll listen to the recording. So I'm glad we're growing this growing the show, guys. The show's going to be expanding beyond X. I can tell you that. I can tell you that for sure. Um, I'm going to do a refresh on my beverage here, and we're going to dive into some more stories. So Wallet Connect 
Wallet Connect is a really big story right now. Um, I was very happy to work with wallet providers as a project manager for this initiative. Um, and it's, you know, never a straight, never a straight road to success in kind of these multi-stakeholder initiatives, open source initiatives. Um, but, uh, we've got there and there's a lot of exciting things happening. Um, and I think one of the main exciting things happening is, um, Hashpack has released their wallet connect integration. So they did it in a very interesting way, which is, um, they've, they've announced the kind of, uh, standard vanilla wallet connect integration, um, that basically will allow, um, full interoperability, but they also have, and I, I think a few other wallets have, this is almost a layer on top of special products and services, um, that dApps will be able to leverage by, um, integrating that wallet's integration. But there's a really special thing about wallet connect here. That's important is, um, with Hashpack announcing hash connect version three, um, What's great about these integrations and what these what these providers were able to align on in the group that I think was really the key to this all is um, any DAP that is currently integrated with you know Hashpack, um, HashConnect, or um, Kabila's products or Blade's products um, is those integrations are being updated and upgraded. And in Hashpack's case, if you're using the new Hashpack Hashpack version or sorry HashConnect version three. Um, what it means is any wallet can connect no matter what wallet integration is being used. So if you are, for example, using hash connect, or if you're using Kabila's library, or if you're using, um, drops library, or if you're using blades library, you can be rest assured that, um, for your DAP, any wallet will be able to connect, um, via wallet connect. That's the beauty of this is it creates a, a it, it transforms the ecosystem into a space where any DAP works with any wallet, right? And then there can be these beautiful, fun things built on top of that. And furthermore, there is the basic Wallet Connect integration that will be available on the Hashgraph uh, repository organization official. So any new DAP can come in, build, you know, get their integration set up, and instantly be connected with um, every wallet in the ecosystem. So really exciting. Shout out to Hashpack. There's more integrations coming from other providers, and it's it's been a really great initiative to be a part of. Um, and shout out to Kabila, shout out to Galaxy, shout out to Drop, shout out to Blade. Um, you know, I think that the wallet ecosystem, you know, stepping back from it, it just feels like so many key pieces are being put into place. Like we've got, um, you know, coins like Grelf and different things like that being added to fiat on ramps inside of wallets. I don't know. I'm getting so excited. There's so many key pieces falling into place of things that we need, um, that are coming, um, at the right time, which I'm excited about. Um, another one of these things is, uh, saucer swap auto pools. And this is very interesting because, um, saucer swap is really doing some innovative stuff. They're setting themselves apart in the deck space, not just for using Hedera, but some of the, some of the uh, products they're putting out. And so these auto pools will automatically adjust to market volatility. Um, so at the core of auto pools is an active liquidity management protocol. This protocol utilizes automated rebalancing strategies, allowing users to delegate their liquidity to a smart contract that dynamically adjusts within specific price ranges. 
Um, this ALM continuously monitors market indicators and trends, making predictable adjustments to optimize yields and mask and minimize risks, such as impermanent loss. So that's really cool. I know that this might coincide with Saucer Swap's um, pro offering. Um, I don't know 100%, but again, uh, this feels to me very similar to like some of these kind of like robo advisor investment products like in Canada we've got wealth simple and so when you look at defi and your liquidity positions and these type of investments um you know this is this is really interesting this again further lowers the barrier for participation in defi and, and lowers that risk so i take this as a win win shout out to saucer swap um really enjoy what they're doing also um in, in the news of kind of, you know, the ecosystem getting major upgrades. Yesterday, it was announced that uh, Hedera's Wallet Connect Snap went live from Tomb Technology. Um, this is something I was, you know, privy to behind the scenes as well. Amazing teams, amazing initiative. Um, very different from Wallet Connect, right? MetaMask snaps are about building in functionality. So, you can use MetaMask to directly interface with the Hedera network. And that's one way to ease onboarding. For example, a great, a great possible use case for this is um, imagine bridging over liquidity through something like Hashport, right? When you do it now, you're in a situation where you connect your MetaMask, you have your assets, you connect to Hashport, and you bridge your assets. But where do they get bridged, right? They get bridged to a new wallet somewhere and then you have to go and activate that new wallet and now you have two wallets one that you're familiar with metamask and then one that you're not familiar with that maybe you don't trust entirely yet or you don't quite understand or worse you you have to create a wallet on hedera first for that those assets to land in and so with stuff like this you could really imagine it being I've got my assets on on you know Solana or Algorand or or Ethereum in my MetaMask and I want to port those. The process then could be instead of doing that, you port them effectively inside of MetaMask through Hashport, and then you have your wrapped or native HTS assets in your MetaMask. And so you use one wallet you're familiar with, and then the adventure to other Hedera wallets can be a separate thing based off of, you know, positive experiences and not not as an extra pain point. So that's something that's interesting about MetaMask snaps. And then where the difference between that and Wallet Connect is Wallet Connect is really about um, integrating with dApps at a deeper level, having more interoperability within the ecosystem, but then also allowing other wallet providers and other ecosystems to leverage the Hedera integration and connect directly with dApps on Hedera. So it's really two separate laneways to easier adoption and kind of easier pathways into the ecosystem. And that's why I think it's really great is it's there's not a lot of crossover between the two. Um, it truly is lowering two drawbridges instead of one, which is great. Um, so I think that's a bit of confusion in the ecosystem is like MetaMask and Wallet Connect and are they kind of the same or what's going on? And Really, what the community should just understand is, you know, they they for 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 really for the best, they're very different things, um, which is exciting. Now, another story today um, that 
again, I, this isn't going to be an episode of the Hashgraph Enthusiast show without talking about coupons. Um, and the, uh, the coupon updates that have come out this week are very, very uh, interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, and for a few reasons. One is that there's so much kind of critical mass that has been built up with these coupon use cases. Um, and it truly does feel like there's a, there's a few key blockers in the new AI 8112 coupon standard going live. And when they're removed, it's, it feels like it could potentially be of a, be a flood, right? A flood of transactions on the main net. This is a use case that I think a lot of people have been very excited about. And I think a lot of people goof on, uh, you know, rightfully so. The key headline here is that the Coupon Bureau has integrated with Toshiba Global Commerce Solutions. Now, we've talked about the Coupon Bureau and Toshiba in the past on the show. And this is really important because this is one of those key blockers that, that I'm talking about. Um, now, Toshiba Global Commerce Solutions um, essentially is, these are the machines, I'm just on their website now and I'm, I'm going to pull up kind of their hardware, but these are the machines that you see at stores when you're checking out at the counter. Like these are literally the machines that you'll use for self-checkout. Um, Toshiba um, is the number one worldwide in point of sales installations. So let that sink in, right? Toshiba is number one when it comes to point-of-sales installations. They shipped more than 250,000 point-of-sale and self-checkout units in 2021 alone. They have installed over 3 million point-of-sale and self-checkout units worldwide. Um, and they're number two in the world in self-checkout installations. So Toshiba really is one of the main... When we talk about lowering drawbridges for adoption, for coupons, Toshiba is that drawbridge. Um, and there's a press release here. And basically a key highlight here is counting six of the top 10 U S retailers, eight of the top 10 retailers in Latin America, several major European retailers and hundreds more around the world as its customers, a significant percentage of the global transaction economy flows through Toshiba's point of sale systems. Um, so this is really big. And and again, this is this new coupon standard being integrated with these point of sale systems. So what does that mean in practice? Well, what that means is retailers and brands can now actually leverage this new standard. And that's why this is exciting. That means coupon that these new coupons can start flowing through um, retailers. And there's a comment from... Reddit from the Hedera Reddit community that I want to read from Reddit user. My name is Rob Paulson. They say January was supposed to have a national chain go live. I wonder if Toshiba integrates, does this just fold into a huge announcement of retailers at once? It looks like a yes. And this is again, a quote from the press release from these websites. Um, it says, quote, through this integration, the Coupon Bureau's stakeholder-driven ecosystem will enable universal coupons across Toshiba's uh, Toshiba Global uh, Commerce Solutions' vast network of retailer clients. This upgrade will enable promotions, 
sorry, this this upgrade will enable manufacturers and retailers the ability to offer more dynamic, secure, and personalized promotions, enhancing the shopping experience for customers. Uh, For retailers, the real-time validated redemptions will decrease settlement time significantly, which will represent marked improvement over legacy standard processes. So we've talked about the Coupon Bureau before, the benefits, yada, yada, yada. And it looks like um, I want to kind of align with Rob Paulson here on Twitter, um, or sorry, on, on Reddit, is with this blocker removed, with this drawbridge lowered, um, does this equate a you know flood of announcements when it comes to coupons? It's, it, it's hard to make an argument that it doesn't. That's what I'll say. Um, our next story, one of our last stories, is one that was highlighted really well um, in the recent uh, HBAR Bull video with Zepsi and the HBAR Bull. I just want to m- mention it quickly. Um, is um, Eric Flynn, or sorry, Eon Flynn, uh, head of operations at Novatech and Timeless. Um, so Novatech is the rebrand of their parent Timeless entity. Um, Carbon Central, they, they announced Carbon Central is in the pre-release phase. They're focused on onboarding, kind of like being the SaaS for carbon offset onboarding. And to me, it sounds like a competitor to Dovu. We talk about Dovu's Dovu OS platform and the ability for projects. And, you know, you think about a farm or a forest or a a water uh, ecosystem or different things like that that want to register these credits. Um, So Dovu is offering that those systems that it feels like, um, Novik Tech and Timeless and with their product Carbon Central is very similar. So we're already starting to see some potential competition in the space, which is great to see. Um, the key news here, though, is Novik Tech achieves Google, Google Cloud ready. So this is big because Google has a group of providers that they offer to clients looking for sustainable solutions. That includes Deloitte, Airbus, right? Pretty big. There are over 3,000 business developers that will now be able to promote this carbon central product to customers, which is big. This means that there's now another product that's going to be elevated in a big way that leverages Hedera. And they and uh, Novatech says by earning the sustainability designation, Novatech has proven their success in building and producing solutions and tools on Google Cloud to help customers achieve their decarbonization and guarantee of origin goals. The designation was awarded based on the Carbon Central, which has been leveraged by customers across the globe, such as Queensland government and Australia for trusted and transparent calculations and reporting of carbon emissions. So it's big stuff. And I mean, this elevates Hedera, this elevates The Guardian, this this bolsters competition. It's all good stuff. I love to see it. Um, and it's uh, it's a vibe. It's a vibe, guys. Shout out to Timeless. Shout out to Novik Tech. Um, Something else I want to talk about and mention on the show too, uh, community builder, community um, community legend. I see him everywhere. I see, him, see them everywhere. Da Vinci Graph. Da Vinci Graph, I wanted to give them a shout out. Um, I was chatting with them about their use case and what they're building. And it's pretty great. It's along the lines of what we've, we've seen from a lot of other providers. Again, in the spirit of competition, in the spirit of variety, in the spirit of the startup culture, um, they're building something really great. Uh, DaVinciGraph.io. They got a token creator. They got a token burner. They got token vesting, right? Scheduled releases. 
They've got token uh, NFT and liquidity lockers, right? So you lock them for a, uh, a set period. They've got some upcoming services, token airdrops, a token launch pad. Um, this is a, uh, you know, a, a token management suite on Hedera. And from top to bottom, uh, right, um, you've got things like the Hedera Stablecoin Studio that Hedera is doing. Um, you've got products like Hashpack is doing with the new token creator that they launched. You've got HCS20, which is, you know, auditable points on the Hedera consensus service. And you've got, you know, DaVinci, Graph, these tools for creating tokens and doing all sorts of different things with them. We're starting to see a lot of these, again, these building blocks and things that we need put into place for some of these use cases that we're going to want to really highlight in a big way. So that's very exciting. Um, I think that that is great. They're doing a public sale on the 27th of February. They've currently got 650,000 TVL on uh, DeFi Llama. So I think that's great. Uh, so shout out to Community Builders. Shout out to DaVinci Graph. Um, I think that's awesome. Um, and I think, uh, you know, I think there's going to be some great stuff coming out of that. Um, also, um, Quick mention as well to uh, Warlock Enkey um, listening right now. Shout out to you, man. Uh, if people haven't had a chance, go check out his interview on the HBAR Bulls recent episode. Um, it was great. Uh, lots of good points about, you know, meme coins, DGENs, um, and some of the thinking behind it. I think that, you know, sometimes what's lost on a lot of people is on the surface, meme coins can appear to be kind of random, crazy. People make a lot of money. People lose a lot of money. There's a lot of risk. Um, and that's exciting. And I think we kind of need that type of excitement in the ecosystem. Draws eyeballs. People love big green candles, right? Um, but I think what a lot of people don't see is kind of the, the the rationale, the behind the scenes, the thinking of it, the, the kind of branding of it, the product development of these meme coins, um, and the angle that, that, that uh, you know, you're coming at it with is is very is much more thought out than I think a lot of people understand and and a lot more um, uh, calculated. So I think they're I think that you know meme coins are a lot more fun than we think they are, but I also think they're a lot more serious than we think they are. There is if people are curious, like do understand that you know oftentimes behind the goofiness of a meme coin, there is really some serious strategy and positioning that goes into it. Um, and I think it's a, a, a very calculated manufacturing of silliness, um, which we need. And, and, and it, it kind of goes in alignment with um, at the heart of what Hedera is really about. So I dig it. And I think that as a community, we just need to continue to kind of shake off a lot of the apprehension we have towards different products like this. I know that Hedera is the adult in the room. I know it's the enterprise network. I know that it's, you know, people like it to be all substance and no hype and this and that. But as I've said before in the past, and I'll say it again now, um, you know, I think that it's safe to say at this point, Hedera, the HBAR Foundation, the Hashgraph Association, the DLT Science Foundation, uh, Swirls, all those people, they have the substance stuff covered, guys. Um, it's our job to do the hype part. Um, and I think we can hype it. And I think meme coins are uh, the Achilles heel of that. So um, I would say that to uh, poo-poo 
meme coins on Hedera is a losing strategy, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, you don't have to invest in them. I'm not saying, you know, <laughs> you know, go out and buy meme coins. Um, what I'm saying is uh, don't, don't get yourself under the impression that they're not going to, you know, drive growth of the network. They already are. They already have. Um, safe to say you could probably contribute, you know, attribute hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars flowing into the ecosystem directly to the, literally the dumbest stuff you can find. Um, I think that when we look at the pump in Hedera, you know, what we're waiting for this kind of excitement um, I think it'll happen 10 times sooner. It'll be 10 times bigger and it'll be 10 times dumber than we can even imagine. So embrace dumb guys. That's what it's all about. I love it. Um, and yeah, go check out, uh, you know, Warlock's interview with the H bar bullet was great. Our last story of the day, something I wanted to share is um, Manson Lehman did this series first principles and it was really great. Um, I've been looking forward to this series. I think a lot of people can find it very dry. I mean, these are these are guys that aren't incredibly animated, um, but probably two of the smartest people in the crypto industry, probably two of the smartest people in the technology industry. Um, and it's fascinating to hear them talk about subjects that, you know, of course are Web3 related, Hedera related, right? But it's also fascinating to, um, you know, to see them talk about things that aren't directly related to Adara. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be very, very interesting. Um, I watched it and you know, this is their, you know, first principles podcast or whatever. Mance was coming in hot. There was a hard pitch that he did about Hedera Hashgraph. They're like, Hedera Hashgraph is the best. It's dope. It's the fastest. Uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I like that energy. I think that we've been waiting to kind of have more of that energy from people at the top in the ecosystem this kind of like very bold, broad stroke energy. So I like it. Mance coming in very, very powerful. They talk about a few different things. They talk about regulations. Um, they, they say, you know, we, we should know what the rules are and, uh, you know, these rules should foster growth. They talk about zero knowledge, proof and identity. And Lehman says specifically, we are in desperate, desperate, desperate need of standards through adoption for Z, uh, zero knowledge, proof and identity. Um, they talk about enterprise use cases. Um, you know, they highlight specifically, you know, the enterprises have to patchwork together many different providers and softwares. Um, and it's not just an L1. And I think that was a really good way to frame it is I think we see a lot of announcements in regards to these use cases from enterprises. And it's, it's, it's hard to kind of piece together like what it's all about or what it's using, but that's the nature of it is, is Hedera is, um, you know, quite a bit, down the, you know, it's quite a bit down the stack, but Mant says specifically Hedera is moving up the stack with things like Stablecoin Studio and The Guardian and different things. So that's a really interesting thing to um, really take a look at and kind of absorb and kind of go, okay, um, enterprise integration is much easier. And they, they take it further and they say, like, literally, um, it should be as easy as, you know, a checkbox to integrate. And that's what working up the stack is, is you go to a Google platform or you go to a piece of software that you use as an enterprise and there's new features that allow you to do all sorts of different things like data provenance or, you know, carbon offset tracking or 
supply chain tracking or whatever it might be, token creation. It should just be a a, a checkbox or a, a quick wizard you go through that just creates those things for you. So that's kind of what they're envisioning. Uh, and, you know, I, I dig it. And one thing they hit on too is the fact that they they do believe that UX in crypto should be invisible, right? So Lehman says specifically, you know, these technologies should be invisible, tokenized and interoperable. And he uses kind of the game analogy of playing a video game, unlocking content, transferring that value to your bank and withdrawing it. Like all of that should feel invisible. It should all work together and it should ultimately all be built into all the devices and their operating systems. So he takes it even further and he says the vision of all of this is these different things we talk about eventually um, like DREX should just all be built into devices and the operating system. So um, very bold, very clear um, aspect. But there also is a little clip near the end of this that I wanted to just uh, play for everybody that I found um, very interesting. And again, this is from their their episode. Um, it's available on X. They haven't posted it to YouTube, but it's available on X. I share your optimism. I see that we as an industry and the Hedera project are making great strides in all five. And we really are going to become part of every part of society and business and education and everything around the world because it just makes things better. You get greater speed and security and um, uh, reliability and you can enable, you can disintermediate, you can enable new things that aren't possible before. I think this is all coming and uh, this is exciting to watch. Yeah. Cool. And, and that was really interesting to me because, you know, it's a reiteration of what Lehman and Mance would talk about quite a bit, which is Hedera is going to be a part of everyday life in all sorts of different aspects. Um, so I think that that is um, really, really, really interesting. Now, that was great. Go check out that episode. It was awesome stuff. Last thing I wanted to chat about before we wind down the show is um, a question that I asked the community that I got a, a lot of really, really good answers for. Um, but there was one that was very uh, fascinating to me. Now, again, this was a hypothetical question. I tweeted out a uh, question for the HBAR fam. If you were sitting in the room with the entire Hedera Governing Council and they asked you for advice on how to grow retail adoption, what would you say? Curious. Now, you know, I sent this at lunch randomly as a hypothetical question. Lots of great responses, lots of great insight. I encourage people to go read. Um, there are like, you know, 70 replies to it. A um, lot of great ideas and people taking it a lot further, right? Taking my hypothetical question and going, well, it shouldn't be one person. It should be a group. It should be um, a delegation. It should be an organization. Like So there's all sorts of different thoughts that are really, really fantastic. Uh, but one that, uh, you know, and, and also too, there's, there was a lot of really great recommendations for people to, um, go check it out. One of, one of them was May and, um, May posted something that I, that I think I resonated with a lot. She said, quote, and May against, uh, CEO of Hashpack. She says, there are plenty of L1s that have successfully grown their retail side using a multitude of strategies. The playbook has been written. It's simply a matter of choosing the plays according to the council's specific goals, resources, and risk tolerance. It's not rocket science. Um, so there's other opinions too about some more wacky things that, that people could be doing. Um, someone said, I'd start with a roll call. 
which, uh, Ooh, sick burn. I dig that. But the most fascinating one, the most fascinating response to, to my post was from Rob Allen, who again on the governing council, very vocal in the ecosystem. And he says, um, where's his tweet? He says, how about I try and make this happen for real? Who would the community want as their spokesperson? Now, that's where it kind of started to get a bit real. Um, and I think that where my hypothetical question doesn't take it far enough, I, my hypothetical question was kind of like, if you were in the room with them, what would you say? Um, but if we put it actually into practice and Rob Allen wants to you know, make this happen, I agree with, with a, a lot of the other people in the replies, you know, it should be a group. Um, I think, you know, the person who maybe took it the furthest at the idea, the furthest and expanded on us the most was, uh, Milan, uh, AKA Hedera dev on, on X. He said, quote, I don't think we should have one or two spokespeople for the community, but a concentrated effort distilling on a monthly basis, the needs and or concerns from the community with a proposed solution in the timeline, focusing on one person is too slippery a slope. So agreed. I mean, we took this from a random hypothetical question and we turned it into something potentially actionable. So shout out to Rob Allen for diving in and opening the door. And uh, I encourage people to dive into this and keep pushing. And it was funny. Some person recommended Rob Allen to be the person, but he's like, well, I'm on the governing council. So I'd be one of the ones listening, you know, which I found funny. So I think that's great. Um, And yeah, I think that, you know, before we wrap up, I wanted to just thank again all the supporters of the show. Um, it's not possible without people, you know, sending HBAR to the show and supporting the show. It's the reason why, you know, I've got new equipment um, that I'm doing, you know, a new video version of the podcast. It's an experiment that's ongoing. We're trying it out. Um, I'm kind of feeling it out, kind of seeing what's going on. Um, and also, you know, it's a reason that I'm able to just dedicate the time to do this stuff. You know, it's five, at least five, six, seven, ten hours a week that goes into this, that, you know, really do the research and distill everything, constantly improving the format, constantly improving content. So just really appreciate supporters. Um, and, you know, the show's growing and it's just incredible. And I think the, the my favorite part of it, it is independent and community supported. There's no ads. Um, there's no sponsors. Um, it's everyone just sending a tip. Uh, to the show in H bar and the show's full address is found in the pinned tweet at the top in that thread, um, support the show fun memos are appreciated. So really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I'm excited for, for what's happening with the show. I think I'm going to upgrade the video equipment and stuff too, uh, when we raise the funds for it. So, um, I think it's fantastic. And I want to also give a huge thank you to solo CSA from joining us from Davos at the top of the show. Uh, definitely, if you missed that, listen to the recording um, and check that out. It was really great to get a community member's perspective on the event, just because I feel that Davos, you know, has this, the the World Economic Forum and all that kind of stuff. We've seen some of the headlines, um, especially this week and last week. And I think that when you look at it through the lens of a community member, um, there are definitely some some big insights to pull from it, especially when you compare last year's Davos appearance by Hedera to this year's. Um, it was just a great conversation with Solo. He is there, boots on the ground, um, and uh, it was just really great to to have him on the show. So definitely listen to that if you if you missed it live. Go listen to the recording; it'll be up uh, tomorrow. 
Um, and yeah, I think we look at all the stories today that we talked about. And I think that I share the sentiment of, of solo, right? I think that it's about use cases. It's about building out the ecosystem. It's about really looking at DeFi. It's really about looking at, um, just having these great demos, these great consumer facing products that we can point to as successes on the network, um, that really align nicely with all the different enterprise successes that we've been seeing. Um, and then we loop that into uh, conversations around funding and grants and the 5 billion H bar that's been allocated and, and uh, you know, all the different conversations around um, partnerships and all these things happening. Like that's really exciting. These, these are fires that we want to feed. And then we're also already seeing the fruits of the labor of, of so many different projects like tune FM doing a $20 million raise lithos being approved as a PlayStation partner um, saucer swap upgrading their platform. Same with Hashpack, MetaMask snaps. So, you know, DaVinci tools, like a lot of the other things that we talked about on the show as well is like, there's so many different things converging. There's so many different things happening that just, I don't know, I get super bullish. I get super optimistic. I get super confident. I get super excited. I think that this year is going to be a big one. It's going to be an important one. Um, for, uh, you know, the Hedera ecosystem. And I think that, you know, next week, hopefully we're going to be talking about some very, very interesting uh, takeaways from Davos. Cause I know Davos wraps up fairly soon, I think on Friday um, and people start flying home. Uh, people start having conversations with their companies and they start to go, Hey, there's this thing called Hedera and I need to tell you about it should probably buy some HBAR. We should probably start building something. We should probably apply to join the governing council. We should probably apply for a grant. We should probably, right? That's what I'm waiting for. That's what I'm looking for. And I think that Davos is just the beginning. I don't know. I have a, I have a big feeling about 2024. It's a blast. I dig it. Um, and, a, and you know, I think it's also important to say, um, if you're listening right now on X, Shout out, the audio was not working for anybody on X. X was having a bunch of problems. There's a couple other spaces too that were having problems. I was getting a bunch of DMs from people. So this episode is really about the recording. Um, but if you do see someone listening, click their profile picture, shoot them a DM, ask them what's new, ask them what's going on. Um, that's what it's all about. It's about staying connected. Um, and, you know, we're going to have more interviews, more news. This is live on X every week. Wednesday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, and the recording will be available on YouTube and all major podcast platforms tomorrow. Um, really exciting. This video stuff. Everything you need is at hashgraph.news. Hello, future. Goodbye, past. Thanks for listening to the Hashgraph Enthusiast Show, hosted by Brandon Davenport. Listen to past episodes and support the show at itsbrandond.com slash hbar. It's funny, I gotta I gotta update the outro music because I have the new domain name, hashgraph.news. So I mean you can still go to itsbrandond.com slash hbar, but it's more fun to type in hashgraph.news. That is hashgraph.news. Thank you.